I don't know about you, um, but it's hard for me to remember names. Um, maybe it's easy for you if it is, I'm jealous of you. Uh, some around here seem to pick up names immediately, not me. But names are important because somehow we feel like we know somebody better when we know their name. Some of you remember the old sitcom Cheers, and part of that opening theme song is, don't you want to go where everybody knows your name? It was just sort of that image of this comfortable place, because everybody knew your name. We don't really know somebody until we know their name. It's important to us. Well, God actually has many names, not in the sense of aliases. It's just in the Bible, there are actually dozens of names used for God. And all of those names have meanings. In the ancient world, everybody knew what their name meant. Because that name was intended to communicate something about you. Today we pick names and we have names and a lot of us, we don't even know what that name means. We just have that name. But not so in the ancient world. And God has a lot of names, partially because there's a lot about God to communicate. Maybe think of it this way. We have a picture of God, and we all have a picture of God. But the more names we know about God, that picture comes into sharper focus. We get a clearer picture of who God is, what He's like, His qualities, His abilities. His names, in a sense, teach us about the very nature of who God is. And so we want to look at some names of God for the next few weeks because I think they will open us up to seeing more about who God actually is. A little bit of history in it, and you know I love history, so I'm all for it, but I will try and make this as interesting as I can. The first name for God is L. Just your basic little G, God used very rarely in the Bible, but it's the basics that everything else comes from, and that's Hebrew over in the far right. Just for you trivia folks, Hebrew's backwards from us. They would say English is backward from them. The letters go from the right to the left, and the books go from the back of the book to the front of the book. It's just backwards or correct if you're Jewish. But it's just the basic word L, E-L. And it's just the word God. There's lots of gods. Every nation has their own God. We would do it with a small g. And that's the beginning in the Bible for God. But it's very rarely used because God isn't just one more God. One of the most common names for God is a plural of God. It's Elohim. But hear that L at the beginning? It's your generic God, but it's plural. Now, interesting about that, we who believe in God as a trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, we would say, oh, cool, God, plural, the trinity. And certainly, that's not that that's not true, but that's not really the concept that they had in the Old Testament. It was more a concept of not just God, but God, this great and mighty God, Elohim. He is all-powerful. He is mighty. He is, in a sense, God of gods. He is Elohim, and that's why it's Elohim in the beginning. 
it was Elohim, this mighty God who created the heavens and the earth. And this term for God is used 2,570 times in the Bible for God. God, the mighty and powerful God. It is Elohim who created. It is Elohim who sends the flood and restarts the world. He is a mighty God. It is Elohim who promises to be with his people. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your mighty God, and I'm with you. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous, mighty right hand. And that's the message of Elohim for us, this mighty God who is for us, who is with us, this mighty God. What are you facing in your life? What challenges, what problems, what fears? What God wants to come and reassure you with is to say, I am God Almighty, and I am for you. I am with you. And just as he went to people like Joshua and Moses and Abraham and David and and leader after leader, person after leader, God wants to come to you and say, it's okay. Don't be afraid. I am almighty God. And I am with you. I am for you. I will take you, take care of you. I will lift you up. I will strengthen you. He is our God, He is Almighty God, and He is for us. He is for you. Now, a little trivia question. When in the Bible was God ever asked, what's your name? Can you figure that out? The story began with a man named Moses. And I want to set a little stage, and then we're going to read... Um, what God's answer is in Exodus 3 if you want to turn over there. But remember, Israel is in Egypt. They have been slaves for 300 years. Now, remember, the other thing you've got to remember is God had come to Abraham and said, Abraham, I'm going to make a mighty nation out of you. And for the first little bit, things were getting better and better, and it was like, okay, God's doing that. But then they go down into Egypt with Joseph and his amazing technicolor dream coat. And then things go south for them in Egypt. And they spend 300 years as slaves. And God, from their perspective, is silent. Where is this mighty God, this Elohim? And at the end of that 300 years, of course, Moses, who was Jewish but raised in Pharaoh's palace, is thrown out. He, well, he kills an Egyptian and escapes over and lives in the Sinai Peninsula. He marries, starts a family. He's forgotten Egypt. And one day he runs into a burning bush. And that bush starts talking to him, of course, and says, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt. And I want you to tell all my people there that you're going to lead them out of Egypt. And you tell Pharaoh to let them go, and I'm going to do all this through you. And Moses knees start knocking and he says nah, no uh-uh. I'm not your man they want to kill me back there I can't do it nobody will listen to me most of them don't even know me and of course God says nope nope you're the man you go 
And that's where Moses says to God, if I go back there, who do I tell them sent me? Who, who, who do I tell them? Under whose authority? And that's where God says, I'll tell you who to tell them. So if you look in Exodus 3, here's God's answer to Moses. God says to Moses, I am. You want to know my name? I am. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the I am, the Elohim of your fathers, the mighty God of your fathers, the mighty God of Abraham, the mighty God of Isaac, the mighty God of Jacob, he has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation, I am. Now first I want to explain what in the world I am is, and then I want us to think about what it means. Because obviously, I am, I mean, my, the first time I read that, well that's sort of dumb. I am? What kind of a name is that? I am who I am. But I hope you'll come to see today, it is the perfect name for God. It's literally Y-H-W-H. Now a little trivia, next time you play Bible trivia. Hebrew was written without vowels. That was because it was hard to write, very expensive to write. And so they just pulled out the vowels. And all you have is the consonants. Now, this name of God, this I am, was so special because it is God's name. Remember the third commandment? You shall never take God's name in vain. You shall never take it lightly. You shall never dishonor the name of God. The Jews were very intent on obeying the third commandment. So no one ever spoke the name of God except the priests and only in the temple. Other than that, whenever they saw the name I am in the Bible, we will call it Jehovah or Yahweh, whenever they would see that, they would substitute Lord because they didn't want to be guilty of speaking God's name less than perfectly. So only in the temple was the name of God ever spoken, and then only by the priests. Well, here's a little history for you. In 70 AD, the temple was destroyed. So for a thousand years, God's name was never spoken. Y-H-W-H. No, no vowels printed. So about a thousand AD, Hebrew scholars started adding the vowels. And somebody said, well, what vowels do we add? We've never heard this spoken, and it's never been written. What vowels do we put in? We have Y-H-W-H. And so about 1000 A.D., they were working on this in Germany, and they said, let's use the vowels from Adonai, the word for Lord. So they took the vowels and put it in there, and because they were in Germany, and Germany has no Y, 
they put in a J. And we got Jehovah from YHWH. And that's where Jehovah came from, in the sense of that's how you say I am. And of course, the King James followed that. And so the English world has become accustomed to Jehovah. It is the same, I mean, the same intent as Yahweh. Hebrew scholars today think the best guess at how it was actually said is Y-A-H-W-E-H, Yahweh. I know, this is just going to keep you up at night. You're going to be so excited about this. But the interesting thing about this is just who God was and what he was trying to say to us. That meaning of God's name, Jehovah. I am. And why I think once you think about it, it's such an awesome name for God to say, this is what I want you to call me. I am. Because I am. It is both a name that says he is eternal. I am. A thousand years ago, I am. Twenty years from now, when the world is whatever it is, I am. It is not only eternal in the sense of he has always been and he always will be, it is also wherever we go, I am. You're going on a mission trip to Liberia, I'm there. You're going over here, I am. You're facing a crisis at work, who will be with me, I am. Wherever we go, he is there, always, forever. He is also the God who never changes. He is who He is. He is all of that. He is the God who is always present. And He is the God who is what we need Him to be. Do we need a God who is powerful? I am. Do we need a God who is compassionate? I am. Do we need a God who is that mighty God? I am. And so we see these two terms for God used constantly. Now let me go back to one more piece of trivia, just because I think it's cool and you need to know it. Have you ever noticed in your Bible, when you're reading, sometimes the word LORD will be in all caps. Oftentimes it's not. If you've never noticed that, you start watching for it. Because here's what the Jews did. If you're reading your Bible and you're going through, but you don't want to speak the word Jehovah because you might not be worthy, and so the Jews developed the habit, they would substitute the word Lord. So I was never guilty of dishonoring God in the third commandment. And so I would just do this switch, and I would read instead of Jehovah, I would read the Lord is mighty. And so the English Bibles have adopted that. And so wherever you see L-O-R-D in all caps, the literal word from the original Bible was Jehovah. But according to the Jewish tradition, Lord would be substituted. The reason I want you to know that is the term Jehovah is used over 6,800 times in the Bible for God. Mighty God is used 2,500 times. 
But more than God wanted us to know that he is mighty, he wanted us to know, I am. Remember the setting when God was first told Moses this name? Israel had been left for 300 years in slavery. Felt like, where is God? Does he still care? Is he even there? Was this sort of a sick promise that Abraham got all those years ago? God says, when I'm sending you, Moses, back to them, what I want you to tell them is, I am. I am here. I am seeing. And yes, you haven't understood these 300 years of slavery, but I am here. And I am here to deliver you. I am all-powerful. I am compassionate for you. I care about you. I am. And more than any other name God uses in the Bible, He wants us to know, I am. Jehovah. When we sing the song, any of the songs with hallelujah, it is all praise to Yah, Yahweh, Jehovah, all praise to the God I am. Because like Israel, there are times in all of our lives when we need the God I am. Who sees us, who hasn't forgotten us, who can be whatever we need him to be, because he is, I am. And that, to me, I hope becomes very personal for you. If you are one of those fortunate people for whom life right now is just great, then thank the God who is I am. But for a lot of us, times, life throws us curves. Either problems or crises or challenges. And we need to know, can God handle this? And he says, I can. I am. And if we need to know that God hasn't forgotten us, he says, I am here. I am seen. And though you don't understand, I am coming to care and deliver and save you. I am. That's who God is. And he is that great and mighty God, Elohim. Mighty God who could create the universe, who could speak and dry land appears who could speak, and the Red Sea is divided, and Israel walks out. But that mighty God, more than anything else, wants you to know that I am. I am here for you. I see you. I care. And whatever you need me to be, I can be that for you. Because I am God. And that's where Israel found their hope. And their reassurance as they faced life with all of its challenges, they needed a God who was there and could handle anything. And God said, I am that God. And he is that same God today for us. If we will allow him to be that, if we will learn his name and get to know him, because that's who he is. And that's who we will meet and get to know. Would you pray with me, please? God, you are mighty.
You are God. You spoke and the universe happened. You spoke and our world was formed. You spoke. And all that we know came into being. There is nothing too difficult for you. But Father, we are so thankful that you are not just a powerful God. You are a God who cares about us, who sees us, who can and wants to be whatever we need you to be, the great I am. And Father, all of us here face challenges in life, and I pray we will come to see you as that God, come to know you as that God who can meet us where we are with what we're facing and wants to come and help us and deliver us just as much as you wanted to go into Egypt and free Israel. I pray that we will come to know you as Jehovah, as Yahweh, as the mighty I Am. Thank you. We praise you. In your son's name.